Welcome to a very special episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! Ooh. Irish crickets. All right. We lied. That's not really Kevin Dillon. That is a Kevin Dillon cutout. But I am in the booth today. Kevin Connolly here. What's yeah, happening? it is nice to see. I mean, look, uh, we Kevin Dillon is just, he's too busy to pin down. He's in, I, I, heard, I heard he's in Nashville. I have gotten a lot of chatter that he is in Nashville. And I don't know if he's singing with Taylor Swift or what's happening, but he's in Nashville. But I also um, have confirmation that uh, he's getting a COVID test here in LA on Saturday. So he is in town. All right, so we'll get him back. We'll get him back. So for those of you listening and uh, not watching the social clip, we're sitting here with a Kevin Dillon cutout. But uh, the good news is I'm in the booth, but we get to look at the cardboard cutout of Kevin. If he looks we, great. If we miss him. He hasn't aged a day since then. And, uh, you know, I noticed I cut out the Emmy because he didn't win one, so I got rid of it. We're looking We're looking at the, uh, the, the cardboard cutout of... Uh, Johnny Drama winning his uh, Golden Globe. Yeah, this yep. was in the show somewhere. I have no idea where or what. It's been in your office for Forever. 10 years. And can I tell you, without exaggeration, it's been in my garage for a long time. Today, I decided I'd bring it here. It would give us good luck. Can we keep it here? You can absolutely keep it here. I think it's here. a photo op for guests. You can keep it here. But anyway, I put this thing. I took it out of the garage. I put it down the stairs. And my girlfriend didn't know it was there. She walked around the corner and fucking screamed. I mean, she it's thought there was me, a man. It's, in the- <laughs> it's happened to me three times since we started doing the podcast. It's going to happen to everybody who comes in here, so it's going to be very funny. So here's what's going on. Wanted, wanted to just bring uh, our audience up to speed. We've been getting, there's been a lot of talk. You know, people want to hear two a week, which I know you are a big fan of two a week, Doug. That's a lot for me because yeah. it's a lot for... Our, our, our limited staff here or, our, you know, low-budget right. staff here at Action Park Media, as you would say. But I also wanted to, I like the idea of doing two. But we do want to keep it on brand. People love when we talk inside Hollywood and this kind of stuff. So I think we should give, uh, we're, we're going to try to do some, some additional episodes. Right. And I think something that we talked about would be really breaking down different parts of, of the business. I mean, you watch the end of a movie and you watch the end credits. And you go, oh, I know a bunch of my buddies from back home where we say, what's a best boy grip? Right. What's a key grip? So we're going to have different people from different, whether it's the casting director, props department, everybody. Oh, and right? I think that's all great. And while Colin is exciting you with which best boy we'll have on today, we're actually going to have Academy Award nominated actor James Conn this week. This and week. Right. Well, this is our, this is our the, jump off. This is our little experimentation. We're and gonna, then next week, we're going to have casting director Sheila, Sheila Jaffe, Jaffe, who casted Entourage. And we'll talk about that process. She did... I believe she did Boardwalk Empire, Ballers. She is as big a casting director as you can get. So essentially, we're, we're just going to work uh, work our way through the Entourage crew. And I think it will be nice to, to let people hear from the people behind the scenes that helped make Entourage as great as it was because there's a bunch of them. Yeah. And, 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 a lot, and it, they say it takes a village. So we want to hear from a, the DPs. We want to hear from the caterers. Right, right. We but, want, we want, but we also want to let people in on the business and different walks of life. Let's talk about James Conn. Right now, this is a guy who was the epitome. Aside from being a, good, a great actor, great looking, he's he's just the, the epitome of the of the man's man. And James New York Conn. cool. And for honestly, for Jewish guys from New York, he was the cool Jewish guy. I mean, he was, right. and he played Sonny Corleone, so he played an Italian in the like movie. Like he but, did what he did for Jews, what Conor McGregor did for Irish people. He really did. I right. mean, you wanted to be James Conn when I was growing up. That's like, he was just the you man. You want to be like James Conn. I'm trying to drink proper 12 and yeah. get invited to the next Conor McGregor yeah. fight. Anyway, let's get to James 
Cobb. We just had his son on the other day, and uh, you know he's a friend. I, I actually live in the house that. He well, now, now you're pushing it. That's, that's, <laughs> but go ahead. And you know, you, Kevin Connolly, and Kevin Dillon, and I all have something in common. Do you know what that is? No. We all Long Island. We, well, that too, but we all lost an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know because I spent my I spent my entire day yesterday with James Con watching <laughs> movies, and I'm not joking. I watched Brian's song last night. For anyone who has not seen Brian's song, it's one of the best sports movies ever. And we talked about it on Entourage as the ultimate guy cry movie, and it is. Because- it is like the notebook for men. The song oh, will well God. you up. It kills Without me. even seeing the movie, it's visceral every time. It'll go 10 for 10. It brings every man to his knees. Well, let me tell you about Billy D. Williams. I, I, I agreed to do it, and I said, but... You got to get, um, it was, uh, it was Lou Gossett was starting. That's that right. Way. Yeah. Lou Gossett who won an Oscar for an officer and a gentleman. I played ball with Louis back East. So I knew he was a ball player. Right. And he's certainly a good actor. And, uh, I said, I'll do it. You get Louis, you know, get Louis to do it. Louis, of course, goes immediately. Yes. And four days before we go to Rensselaer, which is where the bears are training, he pops his Achilles. So we have this emergency meeting, and uh, that's that's how Billy, you know, came about. Well, it's funny how, in hindsight, it's hard to imagine anybody else in that role. Of course, Lou Gossett at the time would have been great, but at now, at this point... But Billy, Billy played ball, but, I, like, when I'm running with Billy, you know, like, where he's supposed to beat me by, you know, in a 40... <laughs> He's, he's built like one of these flyers. I mean, you know. Well. <laughs> Connolly and Ferrara used to argue over who was faster on the set of Entourage. I don't think the race ever happened, though. It not, because he was he was wanting to race for big money, and he was supremely confident. I'm like, what I just what if he's what if he's really fast? I mean, he, he you know, he got in my head. So I like it. He intimidated happened. you. Yeah, so, yeah. so, Jimmy, I want to talk about other movies, but obviously Scott was on the other day, who was one of my yeah. close friends. And, uh, we talked about something I want to know. I mean, you worked with him a couple of times, Hawaii Five O. You did the movie together. What was it like, Scott, as a child? Well, my back was turned. He was a maniac, you know. Well, you're two but, maniacs because I got stuff to ask yeah. you about. I mean, he told me to talk about <laughs> things. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, he told me to talk about the guy in Florida that you just hated. So you told him my son will kick the shit out of your son. Do you remember this at all <laughs> yeah. or no? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great, Scott. Thank you for that insight. No, no, no. Yeah, but he was amazing. I mean, uh, oh, my God. He was the best athlete, I mean, ever. I quit. What happened was I ran into a bad time in my life when I was, I lost my sister, and I was, you know, I'm going to cocaine, and just, I was so down, man. It was like, and that's where I learned not just to be philosophical. I'll almost be able to say it, philosophical for a minute. But you said you got out of the business for a minute because of Scott, because you wanted to spend yeah, well, time yeah, with your son. Yeah. And then I started coaching kids, you know, so I coached for about five years. I coached. What'd you coach? For, you coached Little League? Little League. Oh, my soccer God. Soccer that I know nothing about, but I won because Wait, I have. That I just got to I just gotta know, Jimmy, you I, you coaching Little League baseball is the scariest thing I've ever heard. That, did you, that is frightening. Did, yeah. you, uh, did you see the kid uh-huh. last week in, in Texas football who attacked, uh-huh. the, attacked the ref? Yeah. Did, did you ever go after an umpire? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> oh, Phys- sure. Physically or no? Sure. How else you go after him? What, a straight, what am I? Uh, <laughs> also, too, in those days, it was almost not acceptable, but you could get away with it. Now you'd be on the cover oh, of the no. newspaper if you, you know, uh, if I you knocked, look at I, the umpire. I knocked wrong. one of my co-coaches out. <laughs> Wait a minute. In my soccer league. See, I, I didn't know soccer, but I tell you, we won, right? And, and like, they all stand on the sideline. And it, he was my fellow coach. I mean, he was another coach. And that team stays on this side and we stay on this side. This guy kept running over the line, coming. 
knocked over one of my mothers one time, and you know, hit her. I say, Steve, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> Stay over there. Take it easy and stop yelling. Now, I yelled a lot, but only good stuff. I, I didn't yell bad stuff. All right. I yelled like crazy. You, you were precise with your words. I like that. But you and Scott on a on a Little League field getting in fights is the <laughs> scary thought, no matter how old Scott was. Scotty told me a story about you. Every night he used to run into your room and you guys would start wrestling, but he would really, he would try to hit you because you would say, hit me, and you'd block, you'd block, you'd block. He says, I don't know if it's your third wife, your fourth wife. I don't know. We got to get into that. Oh, I know the story. Go ahead. <laughs> so he says, you guys are fighting, and this woman who's there for a couple of days our first night, I married a girl. Okay. I mar- eventually married her. <laughs> first night, we get to bed. I mean, he comes up and he jumps to bed and he does it. On Saturdays, <laughs> this is pretty sick, and I don't want to repeat it. Don't tell us so. We'll keep it low. Okay. Between yeah, us. Yeah, have this game with him and his two friends or one friend, and we play three on three, and the boys will be playing. But their objective, rather, is to sucker punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> we get in the bed, we wrestle, you know, and then we start boxing, you know, so I'm boxing with him. I'm boxing with him. I said, stupid, put your hands up, you know, and then I jab him in the nose a little bit, just, you know, a little bit. Mind you, the kid's only 10. And I popped him one time, and he pulls it, and we get into a little clinch on the bed. We're rolling around the bed, and then he picks his head up, and the blood's pouring out of his nose. Pouring out. <laughs> You worked with him twice. You did a movie with him. You did a Y50 with him. What was it like yeah. working with him? Oh, pretty great. I mean, uh, I'm so proud of him because he's a tough, tough, tough kid. He's a gentleman kid. Every, the thing I like more, everybody that works with him, seriously, down there, loves him. Yeah. He's, they would work with him anywhere. And then, so and would I. He's a lot, obviously, more than anything. He's an out and out gentleman. He is the best. But what's so amazing, I watch him and I see so much of you in him. Do you see that? And like, I mean, I want to talk about your movies, but I mean, what would, what movie do you think Scott could have played yours of your roles? Do you think there's something that, that, that would have gone? I guess. Thief. I guess all of them. Yeah. I mean, he Scott would have been great in thief. Yeah. I mean, I I think he could have done any of it. It's amazing. So Jimmy, I watched rollerball last night. This movie is so far ahead of its time. How corporations take over the world, take over sports. Did you know when you were doing it that, it, in my mind, it was something special that would last? That it takes place in 2018, and it's still. I Is know, it really I, take yeah. place in 2018? It was ten years. It was ten years ahead of its time because what was it at the time? Exxon was the fourth leading monetary power in the world. Wow! So it wasn't that far fetched, yeah. you know yet. And these guys were all trained from birth. They were chosen and they were raised to play this game. They were also raised to obey orders. I mean, it was nothing. The guys could take my wives. I mean, but you notice there's no questioning and no, you know. The corporation has taken over his life and taken everything, which is sort of what sports had become. And that's what's happening now with the social media. The central line, heroes breed revolution. Yep. That's really what the whole thing was about. Yeah, listen, you see it now with LeBron, who nobody could have done what he did even 10 years ago. It's pretty wild that you guys were telling that way before social media and free agency. Thank God the the author was telling that. But the the truth is, this guy was not, this guy terribly emotionally upset. I mean, it was the way it went, you know? In other words, he was getting bigger than the game itself. People started saying Jonathan. Nowhere else were they saying that. You'll notice. Right. It's, it's, real, it's really Jonathan. great. Norman Jewison's is such a great filmmaker, and it's really like it, it holds up, and it's really interesting to look at. I mean, listen, you kind of became this, this big, giant personality, and you turned down a lot of stuff. I mean, do you have regrets? I want to talk about some of that stuff. Apocalypse Now, Kramer versus Kramer. Apparel, 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 Apparel,
And Kramer uh, versus Kramer. I said it was middle-class bourgeois bullshit. <laughs> I just didn't like it. I did that, I mean, a lot. Everybody, all the guys do that. Sometimes, I mean, there's a few films I, I, I wish I'd have done. Like what? When Jack Nicholson did um, Cuckoo's Nest, the director had come to me four times. And I, in my genius <laughs> mind, said, eh, it's not visual enough. Yeah. It's and by a, the way, that's Academy Award-winning director Milos Forman. That's yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milos. It, it, it's in four walls. So we're, we're, right. Uh, nah. Connolly turned down Entourage like nine times, by the way. <laughs> Hindsight you know, is 20 I, I, I wouldn't have turned it down. I would have liked to have been on there. I don't know why you weren't, actually. I don't know. Because why. you, you putz, you never <laughs> That's a big fucking he fuck up by me because you would have been great on that. <laughs> Obviously, everybody talks about The Godfather with you. We want to talk a little bit about it. Was it life-changing for you? Did you know when it was happening it would be or what? I was close to Francis in the beginning. Uh, and I knew him. We, I had done The Rain People with him. And that was one of my first movies, 69. Right. It was a real good movie, but it was like a second movie. And I played a football player with a little brain damage. Not so far. <laughs> So I was talking to him one day about this Godfather thing. He said to me, he was looking at Costa Gravis. Did Z remember Costa yep. Gravis? Yep. And um, I said in my knowing way, well, what's wrong with Francis? So, you know, Francis is great. Why? Because Francis is not a New York Italian. He's not a Brooklyn Italian. He's a Mediterranean Italian. And, and we had a little, so I feel a little responsible. He went for Francis, and of course, those guys said, no. You know, of course. And then, then it was yes. And well, what do you mean? Why, why was he better? Because he was a Mediterranean. He's not one of, he's not a these, thems, and dozers. Mm -hmm. He's not, he doesn't know from the, the right. wise guys, and, but he knows about, uh, he, he's Italian. Knows family. Very the old country. The old country. And it's and it, it's just making a character much richer than some fucking Gavon, you know, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, makes a ton of sense. It makes the whole picture. Because everything was forgiven for the sake of family. I beat the shit out of this kid. This guy chokes this one. For the sake of family. Jimmy, you, you hear these stories about um, of guys on The Godfather, whether it's the producers, the studio, when you're actually shooting it, people are going, is this movie good or are we in the worst movie ever? Like, when you were actually filming it, what was the sentiment like when you were actually there? Obviously, we all know the end result, but when you're actually doing it, what, what was the vibe on set? I'll tell you the, the, the main thing, and it stuck with me through my life, my career. I hope it's not my life. I'd like to work again. Keep that in mind, though. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> I will. When the people that you're with, if you're enjoying being there, you know, if you're having a good time, whether it's fucking around, laughing, but working, I mean, you know, working, invariably, it's going to be a good film. It's like you guys and Entourage. It was really well written, but screw you. I mean, you had a bunch of good guys who were getting along together. Yep. But you could see that guys were laughing and having a good time. And I think that's a, a major ingredient in, in making a film good. I had a couple, you know, my makeup, my makeup. And the reason was they were dividing the, the fact that they couldn't act by, you know... Or remember their, their lives. Their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of those, but, you know. So after Godfather comes out, though, do you does your career change? You get an Academy Award yeah. nomination, and is it like you do whatever you want or what? Yeah. And what was your decision after that? What did you decide to do next? Find another wife. <laughs> no. My sister got me a statue. <laughs> and on the bottom of it, uh, James Caan, Best Actor, 1972. Awarded by... Is friends, family, and dog <laughs> fuck the academy. <laughs>
That's awesome. By the way, that's very sweet. By the way, Connolly did not get me one of those when I lost the Emmy to Desperate Housewives. <laughs> or we lost the Emmy, I should yeah. say. No, he, my sister. That, that's that's very a sweet, nice. very sweet thing to do. Do you ever watch your movies back now or no? No, not much. Thief is like one of my favorites, though. Oh, what a movie. Michael Mann. What was that like to work with Michael? That movie is still holds up and is fantastic. I found Michael. He had done a... One movie for television. It was a good one, uh, Jericho Mile or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah. That yeah. I like to share this because it was a choice that I made. And Michael, I mean, I praise him for accepting it. It was about a guy who lost his time. He spent 11 years in jail for stealing $40, as it turns out. But he beat the shit out of this guy and this and that. And they had all kinds of trouble. He spent 40 years in jail. Four years in jail. Was it four? Four. I think it was four. Excuse me, not 40. Yeah. yeah. 40 would that be... That would make a, me older yeah. and not terribly attractive. You could do that anyway. movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I should do. Oh, that would be a good idea. I like it. If you notice, I'll take credit for this. There is not one contraction in the movie. Not there's one. Is it not one? The whole movie. Will you listen to it I'm, again? Yeah, I will. You won't say, is not, will not. I am the last guy on earth. A little bit of Chicago, you know, but right. I am the last guy on earth. Okay, so Mike goes, what are you doing? If you're in a hurry, why are you speaking so slowly and distinctly? Because I never have to repeat myself, what I said. And he went with it. So I like you know, it. So, I mean, yeah. do you get involved with your roles a lot where you kind of bring something to the table like that and bring it to the director, writer, whatever? I would hope so. <laughs> why are they coming to me? Why are they coming to you? You could do it. I wish they would. No one comes to me, Jim. They're not coming to him. Nobody comes to me for anything. It's just sad at this point. Well, I have a, I have a question, because we obviously we, we became friends with Scott on Entourage. How are you and Jimmy such buddy buddies? I don't know. We kind of hit it off. I, as I said, I, I, my house was, was Jimmy's house, and uh, we made a nice deal. It was, it was an easy transaction. He gave you a right? discount? He gave me a he discount. Nice. I'll give you a discount. If you give me one, I want it back so bad. <laughs> that was part of the deal, though. I had to say, if I ever do sell it, he gets the first offer first if he wants to come back because you were going to go to Miami and... Did he call me once for the for, for un Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Did he call me once for your show? Wait, what about <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Did you I don't know. Down? I just... Uh, encounters was the only word I could I come up with. <laughs> Did you turn down Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No. You're trying to get that in. The fourth one I got out. No. And, and I got to know, what's your, problem, <laughs> what's your problem with Harrison Ford? I know you don't like Harrison Ford. I just don't think he's good. <laughs> so it's not a personal thing. You just think he's sucks. No, he's not. But he's a pompous. People say he's pompous. I shouldn't judge from other people. I don't like to say that. I, now you made me say this out loud in front of everybody. I'm he sorry. trapped you. I, I was a bait and switch. I'm a witness, Jay. I, I don't. I don't Baited like you. him. I don't think that he's much of an actor. But do you have a personal issue with him? I like the personal problem. No, he was an extra in one of the pictures. Here's one with me. I was starring in a movie. What movie? Journey to Shiloh. Journey to Shiloh. All right. Oh, my God. It was about seven guys that joined the Confederate Army, and he's one of my guys. Harrison Ford. So what was the oh. problem? He was a makeup, hair and makeup problem I, or what? No, no. He was uh, one act is fine, you know? And then when he got to be something, all of a sudden... I mean, I, it, it was just an attitude that I didn't like. That's what happened to Connolly. That, and, made his, it. And, his, that and his performances. Yeah. <laughs> that and his performance. Let's get right down to it. That and his performance. No, but I mean, I would like him. I would like him, but I never, I never spent time with him. Right. I didn't have a chance to correct him. All right. Well, last question I'm going to ask you about Scott, Jimmy, and you can you can decide whether you want to talk about it or not. He's 16th year old birthday. Do you know? Do you remember this? Four Seasons what? Hotel. Uh oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Oh, Scott's 16th birthday. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had you both on together. That would have been great. I'm but kill him. He was 16. 
and I want to get him his first car. So I'm all jacked up, right? I go out and I get him. I want to get him something different. Like, so I get him a Volvo. Right. right. I didn't know. I wouldn't think Fucking, like you got him a Volvo? Well, safest car to drive yeah. as well. How sick is that? But, but it was a great black, you know, it was really cool. And, and, and it was a great car, but I knew it was all very safe. It was a really good. And then I said, I get him a suite at the Four Seasons. He invites his friends. I got two, three bedrooms I got there. Then I call up a certain lady. You called Heidi Fleiss. Let's stop <laughs> oh the bullshit. Goodness. How dare you? Social <laughs> clip. What's so funny to me, Jimmy, is that the, the dad who buys his son a Volvo also calls for Heidi, safety. For safety, <laughs> calls Heidi Fleiss to get some girls for his son's 16th birthday. Who was going to drive Heidi Fleiss? No. <laughs> so what do you do? So, you get girls over to the force? I get. I say Heidi, do me a favor. What? Scott was a favor. Birthday. Scott was a take big it favor. easy. But by the way, I swear to God, I was not a customer of her. Okay, I believe you. I slept with her a lot, but I was never, no. <laughs> you were a freebie, okay? You were that good looking, you got yeah. it for free. Great. Hey, I'm Jewish. Give me a break. <laughs> anyway, now you got to see the lobby. You know the lobby of the Four Seasons, right? Yeah, of course. All these girls are coming, you know, with the, the tight shirts and the hairdos and the Not subtle. hanging out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, there were posters. I mean, it was ridiculous. So did you bring you know, him up to the room for Scott or not? He never gave me the They conclusion. went up to the room by, by I, I didn't take him. <laughs> so she took him. They went to the thing, knocked on the door, and that was it. More of a okay. fun thing, or you don't know. You don't know what yeah. happened after that. That's out of your hands. Like the Volvo. Ah, what Scott idea. does at the Volvo. You know those mini bars that were clean? Every one of them were cleaned out. You know what he told me, Scott? He told me that Judd Nelson showed up that night and cleaned out the entire mini bar. That's a random. There's a random fact. A random he didn't fact. tell me. He wouldn't tell me that. I would have knocked the crap out of him. That's right. <laughs> By the way, though, the best thing, though, Jimmy, I told you at the time I wanted to figure out what the show was. But after we closed on the house, you were like, you know what? I need a couple more days. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I was doing a little work on the house. You're like, I'll just switch into this room. And then I, I called Scott. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, your dad's kind of staying for he's, a little bit. He's not leaving. But I'm not joking. I would come over and all the workers, were, he was telling them stories about the guy. Like, yeah, I'm sure they was, loved him. The nobody workers loved him. Nobody's working. You know, my favorite story was when you got into my, the bedroom and you look, you know what, Jimmy? I mean, you know what I'm going to do? I mean, it's that's such a vaulted ceiling and da 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 I want to put windows. I want to put windows. Oh, up my God. And that ceiling. Wait, can I explain this? Can I explain no, this first? No, I'll explain it my way, and that, then you can lie about it. No, but that's not what happened. This was a crazy story. This was almost a Jimmy Conn, Scott Conn story. I had a designer come to the house and tell me, you know, it'd be great, put windows here. They, oh, I thought that was your idea. No, they dig out, they, they put them, I go away, I come well, back. Well, I know the result. That was the end of my story, but go ahead. But they come back with the windows, and they give me an $8,000 bill, and I, I send you a picture. I go, look at these beautiful windows, and you know what you said to me? Do you remember? You go, you dumb fuck, those windows were already there. This guy tried to steal it from me. <laughs> All he did was take out the drywall and send me a bill for eight grand as if he had put I was going to say, those are cheap windows. windows? My hand to God, my girlfriend at the time had to pull me off of this guy in my kitchen. And what I found out is he had, he had tried to steal several hundred thousand dollars from me with fake receipts. With little things like this and that, yeah. thinking, oh, he's so rich, he's not paying attention. I'm not that rich. It was no, HBO. No, but that's what they're thinking. But yeah. that's what they're thinking. Oh, they were thinking they were telling you to rip they me off. They pull up to that house and they're like, we're going to fucking do yeah, it. Yeah, but See, you that's what the... If you had the Emmy, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> You're damn right. You saved me yeah. a lot of money on that. But anyway, Jimmy, I, I, I love you for doing this, and I want to do it again. I actually would want to bring you back with Scott at some point. Oh, that awesome would be to, amazing. It would be awesome to talk to you. And, you know, look, Scott and I have been talking about doing something together, and if we could figure out something with both of you, that would be absolutely incredible. Honestly, you were one of my heroes when I was growing up. 
everything you've done really holds up great. And uh, I want to see you doing some more great work now. So, um, Well, that's good. Do uh, Would you have any interest in being my agent? <laughs> I don't have an agent myself, by the way. I don't think Connolly does either. Agents dude. are on the way out. Yeah, they're gone. By the way, I'm doing a show in London where your son, I've been begging him to work on an English accent. Can you do a British accent? Wait a minute. Do you know about old Beasley's? No. <laughs> I, I think the accent is very good. So I'm going to be talking to you about this new show. Thank you for doing this. I thank you for uh, giving birth to Scott. And hopefully we can get together and have a meal and a drink. And That'll be great. You, this is the first time you, you offered me to anything like that. You are welcome to the house anytime, obviously. I can put you and Harrison Ford together, you know that. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jimmy. No, listen, Harrison, I don't have anything against Harrison, really. It's all right. I got you problems know. with people. I don't have, I have no personal relationship with Harrison. Jimmy was, was Doug a good interviewer? I mean, he's no Mike Wallace, obviously, but... Oh, you know, he's good. He's good. He's real good. <laughs> All right, we love you. Thank you, and we'll do this again for guys. sure. All right, Thank we'll you, talk sir. to you Say hello soon. to the rest of the guys. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Jimmy. That was awesome. Yeah. James he Conn. looks great. He just turned 80. It was a thrill to me to do it. I know him forever, but it was, like, exciting for me, and, and it, it's cool. Yeah, it was fun. And listen, it, it it's nice... Doug, I'm sure you're looking forward to the point where you get to the point where you just don't give a fuck and you'll say whatever you want about anybody. And he's just, he's just there, man. He just, he says what's on his mind. And that was, uh, you know, was what? a great I, interview. I think he was always like that though. You know, Do you he, think? he was, he's an original and he, he really kind of said fuck Hollywood for a long time. But I never heard a bad word about James Gunn. He wasn't like a guy that had a, a reputation. I don't know. I feel like all those guys liked yeah, him, right? It was, it was a little bit of an arrest. It was, I know Scott told me about, a, you know. Well, he was a, he was a tough customer. I, I know Scott, Sure. He told me once when he was like 10, Jimmy said, stay here in the car. And he took a pistol and like, you know, <laughs> right. went out of the car. Right. So he was, right. all- he was a real tough guy. He didn't just play one of the movies. Exactly. Right. So anyway, that was great. Was and great. Uh, next week we got Sheila Jaffe, our casting director, who's awesome. And uh, we look forward to it. So thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm Doug Ellen at Mr. Doug Ellen. And, and I'm Kevin Connolly. And thank you for joining us on Victory, the podcast special edition. That's Kevin Dillon. Goodbye. <laughs>